Why, hello and a howdy, we're so very glad to see you Cause we're getting kinda rowdy and we've got a lot to say And we're gonna try and do our very best to entertain you And we hope you'll be delighted by the time you go away That's pretty exciting, right Omega? Indeed! Yeah, right. HIAC Talk Radio is always exciting. You will deal with that Atlas harshly. I think he broke it. And you're listening to Hell in a Cell Radio. The Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hell in a Cell Talk Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to HIAC Talk Radio. The only radio show that asks the important questions. Why so white? We'll talk about that in a second. I'm Dan Calchico, the other guy. The first guy over here, Craig Legans is here. And uh, we have some wrestling historian this week. We got some AEW chat, some hot takes are coming. Some not so hot takes and some spicy hot takes. You know, credit where credit due and some questions I have. And, um, but I want to start off with a little bit more uh, chat about Daphne. Because uh, last week, we had Foxy and um, Damien Dragon here, and we did a tribute. I felt it was appropriate to not mention the why and the how, but just the tribute to uh, Daphne. Uh, and this week, it's been, it's been a while. I want to address what happened. So Daphne committed suicide. Um, I'm not going to cross the line and read the TMZ. I'm not going to read what in that way, but... Um, I just want to go on record and state uh, that my I, we, I almost quit <laughs> last week. I really did almost quit wrestling last week of all the podcasting, wrestling, watching, all, all of it. Mm-hmm. Um, the people in the wrestling business failed Daphne. They did. From TNA down to the end. Um mental health is treated as a joke by most people in the world in this country and still is to this day um it's no secret that daphne um sued tna after her injury for workman's comp and uh had it settled out of court take care of and it changed her now of course she was still dealing with mental health before before that happened anyway but uh, it ended her career. Uh, the concussions added to it. CTE, you know, you have CTE on top of already neurological issues. And we are where we are. Um, but I, I, I just want to drive the point home that uh, there, uh, where, we, we, where we are now versus where the business is now versus 30 years ago, 20 years ago, 10 years ago, is still miles away from where it was. But still, uh, the people in the business failed her. Uh, there was no reason for it to happen the way it did. And it did. I still hear her voice in my head at night. We, we were not close. You know, this is the person that I adored, I loved, and looked up to for years. Since I first saw her in 99. Every time she was on a show locally or on TV, I was there. And um, the one thing I got from a not-so-great person that is no longer associated with me or wrestling in general 
is I was able to connect with Daphne. And I don't mean that we talked every day. She wasn't a friend, but it was someone who we held conversations with, who treated me like I've known her all her life. And I am very grateful for that. And I don't know if it's because of this minor, minor, minute in her, in her world, her very large world, very minuscule, minute connection that has bothered me so much. I can still hear her voice crying out at night. Well, I don't know what's wrong with me, but for that reason, I almost quit last week. I still hear her. And uh, it's going to be a while to get over this and be happy about resting again. But I'm begging you. Um, this is uh, to reiterate what Foxy said last week. Please reach out to people. Badash is here. Badash and I have been talking on and off all day. It's been a rough week for me. It's been a rough, rough week for her now. Reach out to but somebody to people if you sense something's going up, excuse me, or if you've not heard from somebody in a long time, pick up the phone. Don't wait until it's the last moments and try to call then. It's too late at that point. Um, but I, I want everybody to remember Daphne and and remember that uh, she's going way too soon. Uh, with a little intervention or a little earlier, it might have been preventable. She had she gave a lot to the business and a lot to people around her. You saw the tributes. And I still feel she had a lot more to give and we'll never know now. And I'm bitter because of it. But please reach out to the people you love and check in on them. Please. Craig. Uh, true words weren't never spoken, Dan. I know how much she meant to you anyone who who's known you for more than five minutes you know who knew you're a wrestling fan knows how much daphne means to you and meant to you um and it's one of the worst parts about being a pro wrestling fan is that we've got to say goodbye to so many of our favorites way before uh we should say goodbye to them and it's even more of a shame where their business takes more than uh, the person has given to it. And in the case of Daphne, someone who's given so much of herself to the sport and for her to, to receive so little in terms of uh, treatment, in terms of consideration, uh, in terms of compensation, not just, I'm not financially, but- uh, Mentally or otherwise. Mentally or otherwise. And, and just in compensation for her hard work and what she has meant to every company that she's wrestled for. You know, she she always gave of herself uh, 100%, and not just in the ring, out of the ring. Anyone who's ever been friends with her would say the same thing about her. There wasn't a kinder, you know, person uh, to be friends with outside of the wrestling business. And friendships in wrestling and pro wrestling don't always mix. Uh, not long-term ones anyway, or not to the point where people are saying nice things about you to anyone they've met in the wrestling business for any amount of time. Um, Daphne shouldn't, should not have been a cautionary tale. Daphne should have been celebrated like so many other wrestlers before her who had a great career that entertained millions of fans and got a proper send off, was treated 
the way she treated the business with respect and consideration and could have gone off into the sunset, been honored for her achievements and for her work in the ring. That's yeah, that's another thing. Everybody talks about people who come into the business that don't treat it respectfully. Here's somebody who came in and talked about it last week. I'm just gonna touch upon it again to continue where you were going. Uh, there's a person who literally came in from the outside, respected it, became it. And this is where we are. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's despicable. It, it is. Um yeah, and I uh hated saying goodbye to Daphne and uh, I that she should not be uh, a, a cautionary tale. Daphne is, uh, should be, should be up there with the, the Trish Stratuses, the, the uh, with the leaders, uh, with being a groundbreaking person and being recognized and revered as such, and being able to to walk away and live her life free of of pain, heartache, you know, misery, all that. But you know, this is her. It's symptomatic of so many, you know, we hear about it so much in, in the football players, the CTEs that led to suicide Not way too often. Um, and I her last words, unfortunately, were just send my brain to Boston. Remember, my brain goes to Boston. Remember, remember my brain goes to Boston, as not to Chris Nowinski. Don't you understand I'm alone? Yeah. The, those words should never come from someone who was as loved as as she was who had as many friends as she was who had so many people that would be that would drop everything uh if she had called them um or if they if somebody who and if anyone who knew would have been right there for her even if she didn't call you know if they had known that how how uh how hurt she was and uh, the the outpouring, like I said, I found out about it because she was trending on Twitter, because people like Mick Foley and I like friends of hers had been tweeting it. If you heard, please check in on her. If you haven't heard from her, um, that shouldn't have should never have to happen uh, to anyone. I mean, thankfully Daphne is a, a public figure, and so many millions of people knew who she was. But that's happening every day to people who we don't know that aren't famous. That's that's the thing. That's the important. That's the important part you bring up. It, it's not just there. There are people. Uh, there are <laughs> there are friends of mine who still don't take behaviors as that. That makes sense. Mm-hmm. Not you. I'm, yeah. I mean, I'm not implying you. You're pretty understandable. But there's there's certain people I've known all my life that are still not understanding. I'm like, no, this is not. <laughs> This is a wholly other ball game here. I just, I, it's an exhausting conversation. It always is. Uh, and 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 I not to take it. It's harder. <laughs> it's harder. <laughs> I don't want to see those words. Being a male is difficult because in my hardcore Italian strict family, mm-hmm. you weren't allowed to talk about that things, and you find out that a lot of males. I know it runs rampant in the African American community. It's easy for you to say, Dan, uh, where they you just don't open up. In the in the African American. This is what I'm being told, yeah. by the way. Yeah, yeah. Well, in the African American community, the saying is, you don't go to therapy, you go to the barbershop. <laughs> therapy could help too, but so could the barbershop. Yeah. Not That's my true. barbershop. Just a bunch of old <laughs> Italian guys yelling at each other, listening to Sinatra. But turn it off. He's been dead for twenty years. <laughs> 
if you, you treat first of all treat yourself better mm-hmm. uh and this is coming from somebody who has been there trust me if you're in the right mind treat yourself better look out for yourself ask for help and ask to talk to somebody for real uh we all, if we don't have somebody else we can always take care we have each other yes People that are listening or watching us right now. Now, enough with the serious chat. I needed to get that off my chest. Hopefully, I can move on. And I think about you often, Daphne. We love but you, Daphne. let's get it. To, we do love you. She's right here. Mm-hmm. And she's right here. Always. Uh, she's also on the wall here and on the wall over there. <laughs> Listen, hey, I was a big fan. I was committed. I know. People don't know me. Think this is bullshit, Craig. No, you know. I do know. <laughs> I was committed. July seventeenth every year is a is a, is a day of uh, it's, a, uh, it's a holiday. And I'm going to try to make sure that we only talk about. I will do my best to make it positive. Thank you, Sheldon's mama. Thank you, Sheldon's mama. Uh, I I appreciate that very much. Um, and every year when you bring it up again, I will try to make it mostly happy memories. Right. Like biting Jerry only in the nose, because who the fuck wouldn't do that? If you're so, <laughs> if you're making Glenn Danzig mad, yeah. I, I use the same thing with, um, and vice versa. If you're making Jerry only mad. It's like the Metallica thing. How, how bad are you that they were like, Dave Mustaine has got to go. Yeah, or, or, or the Stephen Adler, you get kicked out of Guns N' Roses Steven, for, doing, for doing too much drugs. And yeah. Job, yeah, problem. Yeah. Um, but good transition to the not so serious, but this is kind of serious because AEW mm. had a phenomenal weekend. Wrestling was phenomenal this weekend. It was. And before anybody else mentioned it on social media, there's one thing I noticed. We'll get into that for uh, uh, last. Let's talk about the positive things from this first. Adam Cole, uh, CM Punk's first match, Ruby Riot, uh, Ruby Soho, Daniel, Brian Danielson. Damn, I almost said it. Brian Danielson, mm-hmm. all debuted or had their first match this weekend for AEW. Yes. Oh, Adam Cole. Did I mention Adam Cole? Baby. Baby. Uh, Adam Cole, uh, <laughs> let me just say this, Vince. How how clueless petty are you that you wouldn't give him what he wanted over a Twitch channel? Come on. And uh, this was this is news that happened before we went on the air tonight. Um, Paul Levesque, uh, Triple H, yes, just uh, had successful surgery. On his heart, and obviously, uh, and obviously, we we pray for a speedy recovery that everything went went okay. Uh, the the interweb joke was that is of a broken heart for what he created in NXT Ooh. and what it's and what it's gone to now. Ooh, too soon, uh, too soon. But at the same time, um, I was too true. When, <laughs> when well, when you look at Adam Cole, you look at Wednesday. What a what NXT was Wednesday night. While you see Adam Cole on AEW, and this was the number one guy in that company for the past four years, and now he's gone, 
and uh, for all in, and for all intents and purposes, he thought that he had a great meeting with Vince. He said in this AEW post game uh, interview, uh, he had a great talk with Vince. He thought he'd have to wait till four or five months, but there was no there was no no compete clause or anything that wasn't that there was nothing signed like that. Uh, so yeah, great day for wrestling, great day for AEW, and I'm looking at WWE specifically the NXT division, uh, and what Triple H did, and they're uh, they're treading water right now. I d- Treading water is not a big enough <laughs> word for what's happening to the WWE right now. Yeah. And, I, and I'll say this without reservation, without question. Because, you, you know, there are certain older guys that will debate the severity of the names. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to do it. This is like 96, 95, 96 all over again. Yeah, I think it, it's that big. It has the potential to be that big. It does have the potential to be that big. And I, what I think it's got more of a potential to do, Dan, is swing the pendulum in the other way. Because unlike in 96, you know, when the WWE uh, and the, the, the mistake WWE made back then is because there was no such thing as long-term contracts because there was no reason to sign anyone in WWE to long-term contracts because why the hell would you go to WCW in the first place? They weren't seen... They were that was seen as going down, like a step down, like if you had nowhere else to go. Uh, but when you they lost Hogan and Hall and Nash, and you saw the momentum swing, what the WWE did and what Vince did in in particular was go against everything that he was. He had to go to the smaller guys. He had to go to the Bret Hart's and the Shawn Michaels, and then he had to rely on the younger guys. What the dub with the difference between '96 and now? Is 96 going into the late 90s and the 2000s, the WWE had bullets. They had the Steve Austin. They had Mick Foley. They had a rock. They had guys that, uh, even Undertaker, uh, they had guys that either weren't stars, were on the on the verge of being stars. They were they had been in other territories and and even in WCW but we're on the verge of being stars. And that's what rode the way. Right now, the WWE has no bullets. Th- their bullets are, are Brock, Goldberg, and uh, Cena. And, uh, and, and Cena just left. Or if you want to pull put Edge in there. But, the, but that's it. So why I'm saying right now, it's, it's different than 96, because right now, there's nothing that the WWE can pull out to stop the, the AEW momentum, especially, Dan. I mean, if this is just the opening, I mean, Cole, uh, Adam Cole, Brian Danielson, CM Punk are your Hogan Hall and Nash now, but Bray Wyatt, Braun Strowman, it just became public knowledge that Kevin Owens' contract is up at the end of the year. <laughs> He's got ties with everyone in AEW Uh-oh. right now. So that's the <laughs> but but honestly, who won who won the WWE can can move the needle? What stars is no WWE who? Has? Nobody. 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 That could stem that tide. Bray Wyatt, maybe, but you've already re- that's gone. That that's that's out the door. Mm-hmm. Um 
No, I, on top of that, you have a company that's hemorrhaging people. Yeah. Left and right, catering it from, from janitors up on right on up to the wrestlers. Yeah. Because I think they're trying to sell. This is bad for WWE. And, and I'm not sitting here. I'm not going to be like other podcasts. I, I don't I don't have trash talk. I don't have a horse in this race in that way. For Christ's sake, I wanted to walk because Daphne took her own <laughs> life. Exactly. I, I'm sure I was done. Right. I was done. I was like, I'm so tired of being around this shit that I don't care. There's a big Daphne sign on AEW right now. Awesome. Oh, yeah. I'm fine. Um, I wasn't, but I'm okay. We're back. Um, that it was very large. It just yeah, you got you. Smacked me across the face. Um, so I'm not going to sit here and talk trash about Vince and and Paul and make the joke. Very funny. Um, uh, he's going to be fine. So it's very funny. Yeah. Um, about <laughs> Triple H and NXT, whatever the fuck they're doing with uh, uh, AEW, uh, AEW Dynamite Graphics Volume Two. Um, I. They're they're in trouble. They're in trouble, and I know it's a billion dollar company and public. I get it. I know financially, it's not that big of a deal. Product wise, yeah, you're losing the people that I want to see my favorites wrestling in. Yeah, who's Bailey wrestling when you get back? Yeah, what Charlotte and Nia? Who's Nia gonna kill? Mm -hmm. What are the What are you doing with Rhea Ripley? That nothing there there you go there's one of the people i'll say it there's one of the people that could potentially be a bullet in your gun yeah what are you doing with that Mm -hmm. because as soon as the contract comes up she'll be happier elsewhere oh yeah and i i mentioned that with uh with with charlotte when uh when when naya when naya beat charlotte i think is this the beginning of the slow phase out of, of Charlotte. I mean, her her fiance there, her her dad could possibly show up in AEW. So, you know, she's really got no no motivation to to stay other than if she wants to be one of the bullets. Because and right now we we named two bullets on the female side or three if you count Bailey. Who on the men can make it something? I mean, we were all. We all we both agree that Keith Lee should be in your grade eight, but I Keith think Lee is your bullet. Keith Lee's a bullet, but they'll never pull that trick. Yeah, but I that that train has sailed possibly. So, um, I mean, I, I I'll give that a little bit of leeway because of the medical issues, right? Mm-hmm. Like all the things we said before, we'll brush it aside. However, you gotta okay, but now, mm-hmm. now that he's back. Push that. I, yeah. I like Brock Lesnar in there's a rest in that way. Yeah. A person I don't know. I don't give a shit. I don't care. <laughs> uh, Goldberg. Eh. There's a time where I was real excited because of that W. Well, I, I don't I don't care. It's still all diminishing returns because yes, you used him. You're using too often now. It's not special anymore. No, I, I, I it's like I'm doing this for not for me. I don't care, Bill. Yeah. Uh, all due respect, I like Bill Goldberg, but I'm just like I like uh, Bill Goldberg in '98. So, yeah, I'll give you '98, and I'll, I'll give you '99 too, mm-hmm. and 2000 because that was a cluster. Yeah, 
2000, I don't blame on any of the stars. Let's just say that. Um, but all that aside, mm-hmm. I, I, I need Keith Lee's big face on all the posters, front and center. I need him in the main events. I need him in a main event push. That's what you need. You want a bullet in your gun? Keith Lee. Keith Lee could go. We've said before, we've compared him with Mike Awesome as far as speed and the way he moves as big as he is in the ring. Well, let's effing go. What is stopping you? And that, but the thing is, is it ain't Keith Lee. Sorry, Craig. No, but I'm looking at at both companies within the WWE because what what AEW at, at least has, not only do they have potential stars from the WWE to go to, they have the Nightmare Factory, which is where they got some great talent like Ricky Starks and uh, uh, Hobbs who are have super have superstar written all over them and same thing with, with Jungle Boy if used correctly all the WWE had was NXT to get their young talent for but now you got it and <laughs> well. now you got it NXT so what do you ha- and you're not creating any new stars as far as NXT that I that I've seen outside of Odyssey Jones Odyssey Jones, I see could could you could put you can that's your that can be your your monster baby face or even your monster heel because the guy looks good and he moves good and he's got the body that Vince likes you know the size and everything else or a Walter those are the only two guys I see in NXT you could put on the main roster and you can make a million bucks with if used correctly Walter's got that Ilya's got that. Because Ilya and Walter had the best match of, of last year. Uh, I think they tried too hard this year with the last NXT TakeOver, but still, absolutely amazing match. Those are two guys that you could – but again, I'm I'm see how, how far down I'm reaching to find something, the potential that can make it. In 96, these guys were already there. In 96, you had Austin and Rock and Triple H and McFoley that were right on the cusp of being being great and they were and you saw what what they did with them and the attitude era was born uh the wwe right now doesn't have anyone remotely like that that will get anyone to turn the channel i'll tell you what wwe has that uh aw doesn't what people who aren't white yeah, you know, when you sent me your new graphic, Dan, your new AEW uh, title card. Am I, listen, am I out of line on this one? Like, I was very happy. Adam Cole, CM Punk, Brian Danielson, Ruby mm-hmm. Soho, over the moon. Mm-hmm. So excited. But on the other side of it, I was like, oh my God, it's so bright. Yeah. And, you know, I, and I, I didn't react the way you did, I guess, honestly, because it, it's just what it's always been for me. That's going to say you're used to yeah. this. <laughs> but, but also, and it's not, not a knock on either company. There's not a whole lot of, of uh, top stars that are, are outside of Lashley and, and, Ro- and Roman. And thankfully they're both world champions. Otherwise I'd be complaining about that. <laughs> but, um, for, but for good but reason, in, yeah. But in AEW, there really isn't anyone that um, of color that has distinguished themselves. I will say in Private Party, uh, Mark 
was it Harris? The I'll get it in a of from private party. Um that guy can be a main event superstar. And I've said that a lot about a couple of the AEW guys. Um Ricky, I already said it about uh Hobbs and Ricky Starks in Team Taz. Uh, those guys can be main event superstars, and I, I, hopefully that Starks, Ricky Starks, is one of the ones that CM Punk wants to work with, when he wants to talk to the the young guys, or and if not, Brian Danielson definitely could Mark, uh, work with. Uh, Kian? Yeah. Um, what is it? Is that his ring name? What's his ring name in private uh, party? M O. It's M A R Q Q U E N. Okay, Marquee. I don't know how you pronounce that. Okay, but that's not his ring name. I, I forget. Well, it, I, I, I think it's his name is De Quentin um, Redden. So I think it's Mark Quinn. Like okay, Mark Quinn. Yes. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Mark Quinn. Yeah, Mark Quinn and Private Party. Mark Quinn to me could be your um, what's a what's a fair comparison to be a a, a top star. Um, I don't want to say rock, but he could be a Rocky Johnson type. Sure. He he looks great. He hits all of this stuff. He doesn't do too much flippy shit, but when he does do it, it means something. Um, that's the my only my biggest gripe about AEW, uh, is because they all learned the the wrong way, or did they they all learned the same way. So everyone does flippy shit from the first match to the last match. So it means absolutely nothing by the time the main event comes because you've already seen it half a dozen times. What makes it special is when one person does it and that's it. I don't, I didn't give a rat's ass about the Young Bucks match. No. Don't because, care. Because Sorry. Because Sorry. It. And, I know and, I'm a bad person. I'm no, going to get trolls. And, and, and especially with those four guys. You've, I've already seen that goddamn same match. I mean, not the 20-foot dive off the top of the cage. But I've seen those four at the same match all like 188 times. There's nothing about a Young Bucks match that's different. I just, Absolutely nothing. I just thought it was interesting in the world of we're going to be diverse. We're going to be different. We're going to be. I'm still waiting. If you want to be different, put the uh, the titles on the FTR and just leave it at that. That'd be yeah, it. yeah. I, I, and, <laughs> I know it's another white team, but team, still, but yeah. You, you, and then the Bucks did that on purpose to bury them. They had one match with them that beat them, and they, then they, FTR was never on TV again. We used to um, say, I used to say on the show that, that the uh, Revival were better tag team. They were, and everyone knows that. That's why the Bucks buried them because if heaven forbid the the FTR get to win over the Bucks, and oh my God. Then all the internet trolls or everyone on the internet was right, so we can't. They're not that. helping their case. Yeah, so we're gonna bury them. Um, no, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm the diversity problem in AEW is not is not a concern for to me, just because it's it's been like it's it's been like that, and that's how wrestling it. And because, and in beat AEW, the new boss, same as the old boss. Well, in AEW, at least there's a lack. There is just a lack of diversity, anyway. Because and also because the, the top stars, they haven't uh, either haven't been pushed, or there's not a whole lot of uh, athletes of color that you can give a push to outside of the ones I named. I can count on one hand: Ricky Starks, Hobbs, and Mark Quinn. Sonny Kiss, Nyla Rose, 
So yeah. Yeah. I'm not as high on Sonny Kiss as you are. I just don't see Sonny Kiss as a main event guy. I, I, what I'm saying is, is he's there. Yeah, he's there. Yeah. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, yeah, on the pre-show ain't good enough. Yeah. No, the WWE has nothing but diversity and, and stars of color all up and down the roster. How far um, we've come in five years, even, yeah. even 10, five years, even. Yeah. That we're like, well, WWE's got diversity up the ass. Yeah. <laughs> How upset was I that, that the New Day went over to Hurt Business? I'm I'm arguing over two black tag teams and how they both <laughs> should be, or one should be on top and the other shouldn't. Their their outsiders uh, homage was pretty sweet, though. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. That was I'll sweet. Give, I'll give them that. That was too sweet. Yeah, um, yeah. If Kevin Nash was in AEW, <laughs> yeah. never mind. I can't finish that joke. But, Speaking of Kevin Nash, did you see his? I you probably didn't see his uh his uh interview with Stone Cold on the Stone Cold session. I did. Okay, well you you yeah. saw re- the Black Love where that's from. Why he put the Black Love on? He told he told the story and now I forgot. Uh, for Mexico City. Yes, uh, yes, 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 yes. Yeah, the Black yeah. Power Symbol. That's and that was that's not it. He said that was Mexico City Olympics. I, I I love that he he put that out there and it was just like and that's the way it is <laughs> nobody's gonna stop me. <laughs> did it every goddamn night. Did it every day. Did it every night. Yeah. Uh, man, uh, Kevin yeah. Nash is the most. Well, you know what? Because he grew up in the he he's literally from the streets, man. Yeah. He because he, he doesn't front to steal a. It sounded so weird when I said it. Yeah. Like, he doesn't bullshit. He's literally from the streets. He's yeah. more from the streets than ICP was. He went to on a basketball. Yes, he went to a basketball scholarship, and only and guess who was playing on those basketball courts that he couldn't get a game on? Yes. And and, and that, the way Nash told the story, try getting a pickup game when everyone wants Magic Johnson on your team. <laughs> and if you're not on the team with Magic Johnson, you're going to lose. You're going to lose. Yes. Okay, it's like the story. It's like the story that Kelly tells about her, her dad went to see uh what was the team where they came out and he's like, they're winning. What? San Francisco State, but who were the players? It was uh Bill Russell. It was Bill Russell and the Jones brothers. Brother. They yeah. came out, one Jones brother threw the ball up, the other Jones brothers caught it, threw the other ball up. Here come Bill Russell and went boom. And he said, They're winning. They're winning. Yeah. <laughs> He this guy that. was all state. Yeah. Oh, yeah. All city. He was all, all city. city. Excuse all me. Her city. dad was yeah. all city on the basketball team. Didn't matter. No, no. He wasn't playing. He was just oh, observing. Yeah. He was, observing. Yeah, he was but... just observing, but he saw those three. He was like, well, this game's over. It's just, yeah. What's the point? Yeah. And University <laughs> of San Francisco has never won a single championship since Bill Russell. <laughs> they haven't won a championship since Bill, Bill Russell, Russell and the Jones brothers yeah. left. They were they were undefeated yep. the entire time, and now it's all over. And That's they haven't won a game it. since. Yeah, didn't know but that. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what he did was, what he did was, one Jones brother threw the ball. The other Jones brother threw the ball up. And Phil, Phil Russell followed them down and took. It went like this. Yeah, he just he no, didn't no, even jump. No, he just went no, like. You're not watching. Oh, with both. Well, oh, both balls. Oh, excuse me. <laughs> excuse me. I told the story wrong. Both Jabron Jones brothers threw the ball. Bill Russell walked up, went, 
with both. Yeah, we're both <laughs> yeah. Well, that game yeah. was over. Yeah. I just, that's one of my favorite stories I've ever heard from her dad that her dad saw that and was like, this is over. Yeah. And it wasn't even close. The game was yeah. not close. Yeah. Um, yeah. And the well, game right now, and wrestling's not close. Go yeah. ahead. I was going to say, listen to our, uh, Kevin Ashell's story about playing, trying to play pickleball in Lansing, Michigan, and, and Maggie Johnson's on the court. And, Everybody wanted Magic on the team. And if you weren't on the team with Magic, you weren't winning. And then you go to college on a basketball scholarship. And you play with Matt Johnson. Say, yeah. Okay, were you on his team? Said, no. Okay, well, you still have to prove yourself. If you were on his team, I'd say you're a winner. But you weren't on his team. You were so. on the team. <laughs> you, got, you got to play to get the scholarship. But um, he was going to give him a pass until yeah. he found out that he played against him. He's like, oh, oh no. <laughs> never mind. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, my but, point is, is Kevin Nash knows. Kevin Ash has always been real. You might not always agree with what he said about wrestlers, but nine times out of 10, and I think that's why it pissed people off so much. Kevin knew what he was talking about. Yeah. Yeah. Mexico City. He's daddy. And that's what the, the black glove that uh, Kevin Ash put on was not for the Diesel character. That was his tribute to uh, John Carlos and, Ta- and Tommy Smith from the 1968 Olympics. Black power symbol. Hello, gentlemen and ladies. Uh, please forgive the uh, spectacles. and enables me to see the past more clearly. Ignore the glare. Uh, my name is Craig Lagans, and welcome to the HIAC Talk radio segment, uh, where we look back in the past, back when professional wrestling was actually professional wrestling in all 50 states. Without any social distancing or mask or vaccines required, fans sat next to each other and cheered their favorites, and booed their non-favorites in high school gymnasiums, stadiums, and coliseums across the country. With my trusty sidekick, Dan Colachico, we present hey. to you <laughs> the wrestling historian. Uh, we're going to back to September 4th, um, a very uh, big day in professional wrestling history that took place 26 years ago uh, this week. You know, Dan, on our last week's segment, we talked about AEW and the, all the um, important things that happened on their pay-per-view and the people that showed up and the big responses they get it. Uh, they, they got Ruby Soho, Brian Danielson, CM Punk's first match, and, of course, Adam Cole, baby. Um, but in September 4th, 1995, and of all places, that wrestling mecca known as the Mall of America in Bloomington, <laughs> Minnesota, was the very first WCW Monday Nitro. Yes, yes, yes. I remember where I was. I remember where I was that day. <laughs> Back 26 years ago. Children's mama called you a sexy librarian. <laughs> well, I let my hair down in <laughs> slow motion. Ma'am, I told you to be quiet if you know what's good for you. Golden rule. Um, uh, but yes, the uh, Mall of America in Bloomington, Indiana was the uh, site of the very first um, WCW Monday Nitro. Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Minneapolis, I apologize. Sorry. Uh, I was like, Bloomington? Minnesota. No. <laughs> Minneapolis, uh, Minnesota. Uh, largest mall in the country. Uh, so what better place to have a uh, wrestling match where uh, you can let in as many people as you possibly can for free uh, to yeah, uh, why do that in the arena? Yeah. Uh, just, it's got to look good on camera. I get as many people as possible. <laughs> it does not age. Well, 
Oh, yeah, there's the food court. Shit. Yeah, let's get an orange Julius and watch some uh, sweaty men grapple. Hey, it's a great train uh, store. Uh, the, some of the great matches that took place that night. There weren't a lot of great matches that night. That first uh, one keep, uh, Brian Pillman and the great Jushin Thunder Liger. Uh, Pillman won his um, uh, WCW Cruiserweight Championship, his first uh, singles title in, uh, in WCW. And also, the uh, the main event that night, um, it was a first. Even though Hulk Hogan had faced uh, the big boss man many times in the WWF, even main eventing a Saturday night's main event cage match, uh, the very first Monday Nitro, uh, September 4th, 1995, was the main event was Hulk Hogan facing off for the first time against Big Bubba Rogers. Ah, uh, yes. They had Wolf never, yes, had never faced him as Big Bubba. Uh, but the biggest story that happened that night, Dan, wasn't the main event. It was the United States Heavyweight Championship match between the champion Sting and the challenger Ric Flair. When who should come out during that match would be the arch three musketeer. No, that Sorry. would have been great. Uh, <laughs> it would have been better. The, but the arch rival and former tag team partner of both men. Lex Luger, who had wrestled in the WWE one night earlier in St. John's, New Brunswick, Canada, and but was wrestling in the WWF without a contract. So Lex Luger, so, you know, we talked about people showing up in AEW that we didn't know, a, Adam Cole, who was just on WWE, Brian Danielson, but here, the night before, on a WWE mat, WWE card, Lex Luger was showing up. I mean, in a, on the initial episode of WCW Monday Nitro. To uh, the crowd went mild. It did, but the announcer sure did. Jr. certainly did. What the hell is he doing here? But I did too, and this was pre-internet, folks. Uh, so Lex Luger showing up, a WWF wrestler. Showing up on WCW in 1995 was a big deal. And that was the first time the WWF had been caught with egg on their face because they, when they found out, because WCW planned this Monday Nitro uh, when, oddly enough, the WWE Monday Night Raw was preempted by the Westminster Dog Show. So WCW had a free Monday night to, to premiere their Monday Nitro show, and there was Lex Luger. And what a big deal that was. WWF had Hag on their face, Vince McMahon, and Jerry Lawler telling the story, even though he, he got the, the name wrong. It was Randy Savage. It was Lex Luger that they were watching on TV when he showed up. Uh, and everyone was caught off guard. And after that, that's when the guaranteed contract started. Um, Thanks, with, Lex. Uh, yeah, thank you. Lex. At least you and, contributed something. Yeah, well, if it wasn't for the WWE, and Lex Luger's case was, A, I was wrestling without a contract, and B, if I did have a contract, the WWF breached it because I was promised the WWF championship. Uh, he even took promo po promo photos with the belt, and he never got it. So, Lex Luger, thankfully, he didn't go to court for breach of contract, but Lex Luger showing up on... We got that money, stuff. though. <laughs> He did indeed. Uh, also, September 4th, uh, happy birthday, happy 
44th birthday. It was already announced on TNA Impact uh, upon her retirement. But happy 44th birthday to Kia Stevens, the great awesome Kong. And a happy 35th birthday to one uh, Consequences Creed Xavier Woods. The guy who got me banned on Facebook for the first time. <laughs> well, a bunch of crackers were making fun of... Uh, it was when uh, Xavier, he, he said that he implied that sometimes fans have too much to say. Sometimes we do. That and there is a bunch of gentlemen with air quotes i'm using air quotes were on facebook saying things the old standards if he didn't have us we pay his salary if he didn't have us he wouldn't have a job he'd be nothing and using other language uh about men of african-american descent uh and i said uh crackers realized that he has a phd right yeah i was banned not them I regret nothing. Of course, you shouldn't. But because uh, I am factually correct. <laughs> yeah, that you are <laughs> about the cracker yeah, and the, the PhD and the PhD. Yes. So now, right. so now, so now, people, if you see my social media and I say Ritz or saltines, <laughs> there you go. Hidden meaning behind that. So yeah, happy thirty-fifth birthday to Doctor uh, Xavier Woods. Uh, he does wrestling for fun, folks. I mean, the point is, he don't need that shit. No, no, he literally doesn't need you. Yeah, and also his uh, his video game uh, empire is very lucrative as well. Yeah, he up literally up. doesn't need you twice. Yes, <laughs> up, up, down, down is... Up, up, and down, down. <laughs> yes, is cha-cha, ching-ching. Yes. Uh, today, also, and uh, leading up to today, September 8th in pro wrestling history, it was 30 years ago today, Dan, that the National Wrestling Alliance officially stripped Ric Flair of the World Heavyweight Championship two days before he was making he would make his debut on the WWF. Now, World Championship Wrestling had already stripped Ric Flair of the championship uh, in, in July 25th. Uh, the NWA, however, still hadn't this was the beginning of the WCW NWA separation and it would take another two years before the belts would be joined together but it was exactly 30 years ago today that the NWA the National Wrestling Alliance officially stripped Ric Flair of their heavyweight championship Ric Flair who had been synonymous with the NWA for so many years and had been the world champion for so many years could not come into an agreement um with the uh, the company uh, and so many well people in charge that messed up Jim Hurd um, wanted him <laughs> to uh, change his look, uh, change his Spartacus, drop the uh, be an opening mat, be a curtain jerker, be an opening match talent, cut his hair, um, and wanted to uh, put the belt on Luger like that. Flair. I would drop the belt to Wyndham, have Wyndham drop the belt to Luger. Kind of like uh, it was pre-Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels, before Bret Hart, Shawn Michaels. They wanted to, for whatever reason, Jim Hurd did not want the belt on Ric Flair, and Ric Flair would uh, would agree to drop it, but not to Lex Luger, and not on a pay-per-view. Uh, would have done it for Barry Wyndham, and, uh, or would have done it for uh, someone else, 
but uh, that was not the case, and um, he took his belt and went home. I love this story that uh, Jim tries to get it back. Yep. And uh, he's like, I own that. Give it back to me. And Rick's like, uh, I, I own it. Yeah. Dip shit. <laughs> <laughs> you have the $25,000 I paid for it? Yeah. Uh, no. Well, then you're not getting it back. And then it appeared on WWF television. Just like that. Two just like that. Thank you, Bobby. Yeah. And two days the later. The real heavyweight, heavyweight champion, champion of the world. Oh. The balls on them. Uh, and two nights later in uh, Hamilton, Ontario, Canada, Ric Flair would make his debut, defeating one Jim Powers in his WWF debut. Well, yeah, that yeah. tracks. Yeah, that tracks. <laughs> uh, and finally, last thing in, uh, in uh, wrestling history today, a happy 57th birthday to a man of many names, and what I found out was many talents. Happy 57th birthday to Scotty the Body, Scotty Anthony, Scotty Flamingo, Johnny Polo, and finally Raven. Happy birthday, Scott Levy. It's very funny to go back. In wrestling, you don't hear the Northeast accent very often, right? Mm. Unless you're watching ECW or something like that. So to, to go to, to watch on the network, the old Global Force or the old WCW stuff when he was doing color, and to hear this guy talking like, you know, I don't know what I'm going to do, Jim Ross. <laughs> it's so amazing. It's so amazing to hear that. Oh, man. He okay. dropped a lot of that accent later, uh, you know, as Raven, but it was still there a lot. You couldn't help but hear it. And, yeah, uh, yeah, and the fact that a guy can have that many identities and each one be specific, just so distinct. Uh, the guy always had a job, and uh, even his long, his longest place within uh, WWF before Johnny Polo. After Johnny Polo, we forget he was an announcer, and the one of the biggest memories from WrestleMania 10 was because he was on the. He was ringing out. He was a rent. It was an announcer outside the ring. Was him interview? Was him interviewing Burt Reynolds at the end of WrestleMania 10? That's true. Yeah. So Scott Levy, Raven, and Burt Reynolds were, and he was very upfront about his time in the WWF as to why he didn't wrestle because he had a very successful wrestling career. When he got to the WWF, he had already been, like I said, Scotty Flamingo, uh, Scott Anthony, Scotty the Body. Missy Hyatt was even his uh, valet in uh, when he was Scotty the Body, Scott Anthony, GWF. But he went to WWF and just became a manager for the Quebecers. And then later an announcer, and then later in the front office, he and Shane McMahon were pretty much inseparable. And when someone asked him why you didn't wrestle when you were in WWF at all, uh, and he said, very honestly, I wasn't on steroids. I stopped taking them. I got down to 190 pounds. Um, I felt I was working in the front office every day. I had an office job. I wasn't putting my body in the line. And again, I, there was no reason for me to be in the ring. So there was no reason for me to take steroids. And he felt great. Well, when his time with WWF was up, the weight came, whether he put, went back to steroids or not, well, the weight came back on. And the next thing you know, there he was in Philadelphia as Raven. And his introduction 
was him making fun of his former self of no more Scotty the body, no more Scotty Flamingo, no more Johnny Polo. That person's dead, and so am I. And quote the Raven, nevermore. Maybe the greatest heel in W in ECW history, where it was incredibly hard to be here to be a heel because no matter how bad you were, the more the fans cheered. Uh, but uh, his that his gimmick of Raven that he took with him from there, uh, that the first time he took a gimmick from one company to another because he had always every company, every territory he went to, he changed his name. But Raven stuck with ECW to WCW, to the WWE, and... To TNA. <laughs> to, to, through TNA, and a former NWA champion. You know, you, I saw Bleacher Report once, the top 10 wrestlers you never knew were NWA champions. Raven was one of them. I was talking about the great NWA champion lineage and how the NWA had uh, and Ric Flair being synonymous with the NWA championship. Raven is a former NWA heavyweight title. So Raven's name goes alongside Ric Flair's, Luthez, Harley Race, Jack Briscoe. He's a former NWA champion. Also, I said a man of many talents. I bring this up every year, and it bears repeating, but he wrote one of the greatest Spider-Man stories I've ever read uh, from the from the perspective, from the, the point of view of the wrestler. If there are any Spider-Man fans, Spider-Man comic book fans on HIAC Talk, Re- Talk Radio Wrestling right now, you remember, you may remember the first person that Spider-Man ever fought was a wrestler named Crusher Hogan. If you remember the uh, Tobey Maguire movie where he was going to get $5,000 for being in the ring with Bonesaw McGraw, that was taken from the comic book in 1962 when Spider-Man debuted. He wanted to get, went into wrestling, and he wanted to win $500, and he had to defeat Crusher Hogan. That was the name in 62, and then once he beat Crusher Hogan, he won 500 bucks. Got the money that night, went into show business, and didn't stop a guy. The guy went and killed Uncle Ben, and yada, yada. We know the rest is history. Scott Lee. I don't think I've seen that story before. Yeah. Uh, Raven wrote the story, a Spider-Man story, about Crusher Hogan about the backstory leading up to him fighting Spider-Man for the first time. And he, he used all the, 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 the lingo, the, the, the lingo, the language of a wrestler, even explaining it as he was writing it. Uh, Crusher Hogan was a face, was a good guy. He loved the cheers of the fans. Uh, and he wrestled for so long. But then it started to get stale. Younger guys would come along, and he wasn't getting as big a cheer as he, as he wanted. Promoters weren't going to book him anymore. And then he decided to turn heel. And he turned heel, and the fans were booing him. And they hated the fact that he turned heel on them. And then fans just stopped coming altogether because they used to like him, but now they hate him. So I he had to think of a way to get the fans back in. Maybe I'll be a shooter. I'll start wrestling for real. I'll start asking. I'll start t- saying challenging fans. They can last in the ring with me. They get a hundred bucks. They'll make it five hundred. They'll make it five thousand. And next thing you know, the place is packed and people coming in. And the same promoter that didn't want to book me anymore because I turned a bad guy. And he goes, "Why are you doing this? These fans they hate you now. 
They can't stand you. You were loved. And now look, at they just want to rip your head off. Why are you offering this money for somebody to beat you? And Crusher Hogan looked at the promoter as he walked to the ring. He said, don't you understand? I want them to hate me. I want them to boo me because the guy that finally beats me. And he turned the last page. We'll see Spider-Man come in the ring. We'll be a hero. And that's when Spider-Man came in the ring. And that was the beginning of Spider-Man's story. But that was the story that Scott Levy wrote in Spider-Man. From the point of view of Crusher Hogan. Still one of the best Spider-Man stories I've ever read. And um, if you can find it anywhere, I'm still looking for it. Um, I ran into him at a Comic-Con. He was selling it for 20 bucks. I didn't have 20 bucks at the time. I can only shake his hand and say thank you. What was the name uh, of the story again? Oh, man. I don't know. And I want to say it was a Spider-Man. It was one of the Spider-Man titles. It wasn't The Amazing Spider-Man. It might have been Web of Spider-Man or um, Spectacular Spider-Man. But it was written by Scott Levy. Um, And um, still one of the best Spider-Man stories ever written by anyone. Even if I didn't know it was him, I just thought that was a damn good Spider-Man Tangled Web. Yes. Crusher Hogan story. So if it's on Amazon or eBay, please let me know. I will uh, I will let you know, but I got it. Tangle Web number 14, written by Scott Levy, 2002. There you go. Well, it's on ago. eBay. If you, It's signed if you want to buy that one. Yes. Oh, no, okay. never mind. Okay, never mind. It's gone. <laughs> it's gone. Yeah, I know. As soon as you said it. Uh, I'll find a link, and I'll, I'll try to get to you. Thank you. I'll look. I'll track it down myself. <laughs> I want that story. I keep looking for it too because we talked about it on the show before. I can't find it either. And then I'll forget. Yeah. Then you'll mention it again. I'll be like, oh yeah. And then well, we'll have this conversation next year when I forget again. Yeah. Well, because well, that's I keep bringing it up because that's my big regret because I didn't get it then, and he would have signed it right in front of me, and um, but I didn't have the money. Uh, but if the one thing I can do is wish Scott Levy happy, happy birthday. And that, gentlemen and ladies, has been the rest of Historian. And you can follow me on Facebook, Instagram, and on Twitter, where I'm not banned from any of those social media platforms, at Craig Legon, C-R-A-I-G-L-I-G-G-E-O-N-S, as I clutch my pearls. I'm not anymore either. <laughs> Good. Anymore. I found it. I'll send you the link. Thank you, sir. Found it that quickly. Uh, you can find me on all non-band social media platforms. Craig at Channel Three HIC Talk Radio on all social media platforms as well. Uh, if you're on Twitch, watch the finished show. If you're late, watch the finished show on YouTube.com/slash Channel Eighty Three. It's not in finish; it's just finished. Uh, if you're on YouTube, you want to watch us live. Come back over to twitch.tv slash Daniel83. Greg Legans, I'm the other guy. Night, y'all. Take care of yourself, please.